Welcome to the Backwards Infect at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? Bam. So on a previous episode, we were asking a question. Basically, what is the mechanics when you meditate on something? And we were using a example of uh, a pretty normal, uh, relatable, average road rage example. Right. And we're just saying that it is interesting because we both would catch ourselves. I think our examples were a little bit different, but like actually there was a little slippage, like a little anger slipped out. And so you're just doing a post-mortem on that. So you would be in meditation and you're trying to replay the event and pay attention to the feelings and how they arise. And you're being careful not to, you know, identify with anything. You're being careful not to add anything or take anything away just exactly as, as it was. This was an interesting exercise to have something tangible like that to meditate on and try to, especially where there's something like simple and mechanical that you're not really invested in. You're just seeing if you can understand how something like that flowed out. And one of the things that I was um, comprehending in the meditation was speed and pacing. So there's actually different systems that you're engaging and the speed and the pacing of those systems are different. And one of the cool things about like opening yourself up to the universe and having a question like that is like the synchronistic timing that you end up engaging with. So it was like within the next couple of days, I'm on one of the Gnostic podcasts on Glorian and they go all into it. I couldn't believe it. It was so, it was so on time for me. It was wonderful. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Wonderful. There's that word. It, it was, it was great because there was so much detail and it was so much deeper than the comprehension was so much deeper after I listened to this podcast, but they were basically saying that the internal system of reactions can be split up into three different things. So there's your instincts, there's your emotions, and then there's your thoughts. And the instincts are very, very fast. They're faster than the other two. And the emotions are in the middle, and then the thought is actually the slowest thing to cause a reaction. Now, this, when I heard it, it made a lot of sense because that's what I was sensing, but I didn't really have the whole thing put together in my head like that. So it was super helpful. But the instincts are stuff that you might not necessarily think about. It does have a lot to do with like sexuality. Um, There's a lot of sexual instinct. There's like fight or flight instinct, which is probably what we engaged on this road rage incident. It's just enough to where it's that, heart beat skipping like <gasps> and that engages the system right and it floods the system but then it's so that's the fast one that's the fast one that gets ahead of you 
or gets ahead of me, especially in this moment. But that's like a highway of reaction that you've just created. And even in my case, you do it unconsciously. And so what you've done is you've created a, a reaction for almost for the anger, for the emotion to come in afterwards. It's almost like drafting on the on the instinct, like a race car drafting. Yeah. And so it's coming in behind yeah. it. Then the thought just has like a complete freeway now to just come down. That's why it feels so surprising when it hits you. You're you're surprised, like how did I even let that? But it it built like a whole reaction highway on those three systems, and that's why it's able to surprise you like that. But it's I found all that really interesting looking at the pacing and um. I think the moral of the story is I'm not trying to tell anybody that you can dodge bullets because the fastest thing out of all of it is the consciousness. When you're ready, you won't have to. Consciousness being the instinct? Consciousness being even faster than the instinct. In the instinct. So you had thought and then what was in the middle? The emotion emotion yeah that was pretty good because when you're ready you won't have to because consciousness being faster than instinct when you were speaking in my mind's eye i remember driving northbound on a four-lane highway and it was back when i think i was in a smaller car but we were on our way to, I believe, I think a Christmas party. And I think there's either three or four people in the car. I don't think I had the kids with me because it was an adult kids party. Um, but there, I knew there was someone in the backseat too. So pretty much a car full in a, you know, a four door car. And come across the four lane highway there's a median so there's a car that was in the median and then it just just started to go and i'm going 65 i'm going 65 so at that point like i know like my instinct has told me if nothing changes we're going to collide and it's going to be bad and that wasn't a thought i just knew that like immediately i like knew her speed and my speed are not matching up. And if nothing changes, it's over. Like didn't say we're going to die, but you know, this could be pretty ugly. And at that exact moment, like instincts take over. There is no thought process. I knew to not slow down. So I was like, there was no panic. I was like, okay, I'm not going to slow down. If I slowed down, that could have make made my um my miss harder if 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 that's explainable because keeping my same speed, this was all instinct. I knew keep my own speed as if we're going to slam into each other. Keep that speed. My instinct is just working. And then I get right up to the car and right almost when we're at bumper to bumper, I jerk to the right 
almost like airborne jerk. Bam, bam, back to the left. It was the only possible way I was going to miss that car. It was the only calculation that was being shown to me. It was that pivotal move. If I slowed down, I was probably going to, you know, screech into the back of the bumper, but I was still going to hit. There was only one way to not hit that car because I was looking at this lady's face too, and she wasn't looking to the right at all. So I knew that that car was going to stay the same speed because she had no idea I was coming. So as you were talking, I was thinking, what is the speed of instinct? Like that, that for me, that moment, even when we got done with it, it was the weirdest thing because I did that move and come back and everyone was calm in the car and we just kept on driving. Like, uh, and just, it was, it was a close call, but it was like, wow, you, you maneuvered that perfectly. But at that time it didn't even feel like it was me. It was like instinct, like that taken over. That was just like, yeah, I just, at that point, if you cannot react, which would have been emotion or like none of this I'm telling you right now, all of that was like an instinct. I'm forming it for you for the sake of conversation as it was a thought. But all of this processed right. in like a millisecond. It was like right. a millisecond, a fraction in time. It happened so fast. And I've heard, I'm sure you've heard numerous stories, but to your point, like consciousness being faster than that. So you talk about all the great spiritual teachers that pass on, you know, so, so tidbits of truth because you have an advantage because you have, you, you have a time stop almost. But when you begin to meditate, when you awaken and you begin to, um, you have an advantage over time. And most people don't have advantages over time. Like that's the one like superpower that you get to have for being awakened is an advantage over time. We would take that into effect of like the business world or your relationships or your family. That's everything when it, when you're talking about being non-reactionary. I mean, that's how you start to change your behavior is because now your true self is like, oh, the, the tail was wagging the dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's what I like about like those meditative questions. Like we were saying, like, how do you meditate on something? Cause there's a lot of insight that even like the simple road rage incident can show you like what you're talking about. And as you speak, like I'm relating that to incidents that I realize. So there's times where that instinct is it's such a reaction but if there's like enough heightened danger like you'll actually go present like right with the instinct it will bring you into presence and and so now you're able to like maneuver and do like stuff that you really you don't have any time to calculate with thought it's much faster than that you can see why it's set up that way it's one of our mechanisms in order to react to the environment around us that you can use a system of instinct and you can just bypass your emotions and your thought and when you see it engage in your own personal experience you can be like well the reason it's like that is because it's necessary for me to engage the chaos of the environment but there's another version of that 
where you engage that system and because right when that system gets engaged i realize like this isn't really a life or death system so it's the same thing you're talking about and i've had it both ways so i know exactly what you're talking about but this particular one that i'm talking about i engage that system but i engaged it and it wasn't necessary to engage it you see what i'm saying like i you just put on the brakes and now you've already ramped it up so there's all that energy coming through and if you're no if you don't know what to do with it so your consciousness is there but then you realize oh i don't even need the consciousness here and then you look at the lady that's causing the problem and the judgment hits right away and then here comes the anger but it it will hit you like really unconsciously because you're pulling back from that system you don't need that system right then and that's how so then the anger comes and then right behind the anger comes the thought out your mouth it's beautiful it's beautiful when you can watch it happen it's you're like beautiful. wow wow like you you literally forced like a like a muttering discontent out of my mouth it's impressive but it's because of that instinct and how strong it is with the energy flow. It's really strong. And um, in my mind's eye, when I think about it, I'm always going back to like one of those Sean Claude Van Damme movies, either like Bloodsport or whatever, where the teacher's always like doing all these moves and then he has to not flinch so you like the pole like right to the tip of the nose and you have to not flinch but that's it so he's ahead of his flinching in his consciousness is ahead of his flinching instincts and you can see it on a bunch of kung fu movies wow when you said that that made me bring up um there's a video I've seen and no one has ever done this better than Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, um, basketball player. They had, he was on the, I know someone was passing the ball in and it's on YouTube. I mean, just look at someone trying to make Kobe Bryant flinch. You know, how you do the basketball straight in someone's face and they can't help yeah. but blink. This competitor in like a big time game did it to Kobe Bryant like four or five times in this video and Kobe Bryant didn't blink once. I'll never forget it because I'm like, how is he controlling his reactions? But Kobe Bryant was one of the best instinctual players there is. Yeah. So funny. We talked about golf too last week with Brooks Kepka, and um, it's almost like falling from instinct. Because thought and emotion being the next thing, well, they're they when they're in a slump, they're wrapped up in thought and emotion. They're trying. How do you right. like? How do you? Tr it's very difficult because I was an athlete. You were an athlete. How do you try your way back to instincts? Like when you're driving a car, like it's like a lightning bolt. Like bam, you got to make that decision now. But in a day to day thing, like you play golf for a living or you play basketball for a living. How do you try to get instincts to take over, especially when there's not a grizzly bear in front of your face? Like, how do you get to that? 
it's not easy. That's why we talk about it being short term. But people like Kobe Bryant, when I go back to that video, I was like, man, was this guy like in instincts way more than the average human? Because I can't believe like it's it was such an aggressive fake. And yeah, it might have been in the uh, last dance documentary might have been in that one. They play it in a, you know, a lot of big basketball documentaries, but I think that could have been one, but he was uh, known for non-reaction, not emotional. And there's a lot of emotional athletes out there, but the greats find that instinct and, and they're able to, they're able to go into it. Like, and some people can do it and some people can't. Yeah, it would definitely be a much better place um, for like your athletic attention if you could stay there for sure. But I mean, I'm curious even with Kobe. I mean, do you can you get even beyond that? I mean, going back to like the Kung Fu example, I mean, the whole idea would be you're literally ahead of your instincts. So if you could get ahead of your instincts with your awareness, then now you're good. Cause that's, the, that's, if you're ahead of that, you're automatically ahead of the other two. So thoughts would be like way down the road from instincts. Cause they do go into that too. talk about how much faster instincts are. And it's, I think it's quite a bit. It's like an exponential degree faster. So, I mean, imagine, you know, at that Kung Fu level where you're, you're not even susceptible to flinching anymore. Like you're, and to answer your question, like how do you get within instincts? I think the answer is more how testing like in that level. And then can you get ahead of instincts and see them, see them internally? So like if, if we were doing like a Kung Fu maneuver and it's you and I, and I, have some, you know, like a broomstick or whatever, and I swing it as hard as I can and I stop an inch away from your nose. Like the feeling inside you is going to be automatic. There's nothing you can do about that. It's just a matter of, can your awareness be ahead of it to make the decision on the inside not to move a muscle? Right? So that's the place where you get ahead of it. But I mean, I think that would take a lot of practice. That would take a lot of meaningful practice. I'm glad you brought up Kung Fu because that's a really good in- impression for this evening. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to see the subconscious. And last night I was laying in bed and I, I, I watched something on TV right before I went to bed. and. I remember having a dream and I remember, you know, that was in a space again, but there was something that was directly related to one of the last things I watched on TV. It was directly related to an impression on my subconscious. And I saw it so clearly. And even from the, not the Glorian podcast, but the, the other podcast where the guy's talking about jumping has an impression. Yeah. 
something is going on there where the subconscious is not getting your sincere impressions, but getting the ones that are just like, I'm just watching TV. I'm like, I'm, I'm watching something. I'm watching something with the family. It doesn't mean nothing to me, but I can jump three times in a day with sincerity, but that not be imprinted. You see what I'm saying? Like it's not transferred. Yeah. Only subconscious things are um, jumping out in the dream. And then I remember the dream. I'm like, how did that even present itself in a dream? You didn't even like, that wasn't even like some kind of sincere impression. That was just something you saw on the TV. And like, all of a sudden you like have your version of it in a dream. Like it didn't even make sense. Like me and you can do impressions all day consciously. Like, what is that imprinting? I, I don't, I don't know, but the fact that you're on a screen right now and you're talking about Kung Fu and, and, and slashing at my face, maybe that's enough. Uh, well, think of, you see what I'm saying? Like think, subconscious impressions or conscious impressions. I you seem to get the subconscious impressions in your dream, but the conscious ones with sincerity and Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I don't, at this point, I have no idea like what the dream world is doing. I feel, I almost feel like I can't even speak to it anymore. It's, it's so, it's hilarious to me the way it mocks me. I mean, there's, well, there's yeah, some, you, you're having some, you're, you, I, I take that back though. Like we've had positive results from impressions. Yeah. I, it's not really a good statement for me to say. I'm not, I'm not saying it that way. Cause you do some jumping or thinking about jumping or whatever. You're going to start jumping in your dream. Like we've had that happen. I think what I was I, talking about, like I, I was just watching this stupid show and then all of a sudden I have like this elaborate dream and that's in the dream. It's like, there was no sincerity at all. I, I guess I just call yeah. the subconscious sponge at work. Like it, and going back to that podcast, um, that the guy was talking about jumping, um, wisdom weavers was the name of the podcast or the title. That's not the particular show, but, um, I lost my train of thought. Jumping. Yeah. Impression on jumping. I don't know what I was talking about. Um, well, you talk about the subconscious, like the. Oh yeah, I was saying, sorry. So the subconscious, when he would meditate with that woman, it was like a spiritual teacher to where um, they would spend hours before bed meditating. You know, whatever it was, two hours, or and then she would tell him, "Now go back, go straight to sleep." Don't watch TV. Don't read nothing. Don't talk to nobody. Don't. And when I look back at last night in my experience, I'm like, well, yeah. Like, it's pretty disciplined to go <laughs> do what we want to do. Like, you literally got to do an hour-long meditation, get to the right state. Don't talk to no one. Don't do nothing. Go lay down and go to sleep. I think that's where you have the most success. The problem is me and you are still like, I mean, we have 
obligations in life. We have families. You, it's that's, it's not the easiest thing to do. This guy's a single man traveling around the world that is, you know, got all this time to meditate and then go straight to bed. But um, it's challenging sometimes because just a simple TV show that you watch, watched last night, I'm like, wow, that that's all in my dream. This subconscious sponge just soaks up things. Yeah, I, that I definitely agree with. Like the more care that you can put into the preparation um, is definitely going to pay pay dividends. And it's certainly very hard to sit down and watch TV at night and not have that those impressions kick in for sure. I mean, I would totally agree with all that. Um. I was, my mind went to, um, with the reactions, my mind went to Neo. You remember, so Neo and Morpheus, they're fighting in Kung Fu. They're fighting in the training program. Morpheus is trying to get Neo to open up. Like, what's the moment that happens right before they load the jump program? What? When does Morpheus know that he's ready? And it's when that punch goes right to Neo's face. And what does he do? He just looks at it and doesn't react. He doesn't flinch. And he literally, instead of flinching, he stops time. He gets ahead of the reaction completely. And in doing so, actually slows time down. But it, as we were talking, we keep saying the Kung Fu. I'm like, oh, my God, the Matrix, like, um, once again, has all that represented in the Kung Fu scene. Yeah, I didn't even. Uh, yeah, that's right before. Um, the jump program is, is. That whole scene alone is like, whoa. I mean, I don't even think we hit on that too much in the podcast we did about the Matrix. But, you know, looking back at that documentary and the point that they went to the jump program, you know, it's just him still in a dream, not letting his consciousness go. I mean that's that's all it is, and they're 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 all on pins and needles saying, "Is he going to make the first jump? Is he going to make the first jump?" And that's such a powerful scene if you know what's going on, because it's um, as soon as you make that first jump in the astral, the consciousness becomes that limitless thing that it is, and man, that's a that's a beautiful thing, but. You gotta, you gotta jump. You gotta know it's possible. We gotta be awake. You gotta be conscious in the astral to do it. I mean, if you're having well, it goes to what you were saying before. I mean, so when he goes to the jump program, he's he's looking at it. He's like, Morpheus, like he just sees Morpheus do it. He says, "Whoa!" Right. And then what does he do? It's just like what you were saying. I mean, he's not prepared for it. He's got other impressions, other weaker subconscious impressions. Okay, 
free my mind. Got it. Okay. I can do that. And that's, that's how he enters that moment, which of course doesn't deliver the way that he wants to. There's the fall. Yeah. He's, he's okay. Got it. Free my mind. He's shaking his hands together. I mean, it's completely encapsulated in the ego mind, like trying to psych himself out, which is just the sleep state of how do I accomplish this? It'd be the same thing as like, I mean, how do I wake up here in the 3d? Like, how do I have an awakening? How do I get there? Okay. I mean, we've talked to some people. They're like, okay, yeah, just let it all go. Free your mind. That's it. Just let it all go. Okay. You guys telling me just let it all go. All right. Let me let it all go. Like, what do you do? Like, like that is the jump program. That is the, like, I, I don't know how to free someone's mind other than just keep talking and maybe it, it, it affects people or maybe we're keeping our minds free just by talking to each other. So we're not completely insane. (laughs) 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 One or the other is true. Yeah. And then you, I mean, you can see, I mean, just like the normal way that everybody just, you know, watches TV and then goes to bed or, you know, scroll on your phone and go to bed. Like, yeah, those are, those are the impressions that you bring into those last moments. And yeah, you're, I mean, in our case where, I mean, the goal is investigation of the mystical, I mean, you're not doing yourselves any favor by doing that. And really all your you're seeing the hypnotic dominance of the matrix system. So, I mean, you're seeing it clearly like you, you, you know what your intent is, but you know, you spend a little more time watching TV than you know, than you should. And I mean, you literally see the matrix driving your subconscious. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, so in your case, when you're seeing it, so when you're watching it on TV, it's having its hypnotic effect. And then when you lay down, instead of having an awareness effect, it's having a hypnotic effect. It's just mimicking the state that you were in earlier. So just awareness of it is where you'd want to be. And then, I mean, the discipline that you bring into the evening is the discipline you bring into the evening. I mean, and I totally agree with you. I mean, it's way easier said than done with as much. I mean, I haven't seen my family all day. It'll be eight 30 by the time we get off with this. I mean, obviously I'm going to spend time with them. Obviously the TV will be on. That's in our case. That is in, in a lot of ways, just unavoidable, but maintaining awareness on how that hypnotic matrix also creates hypnotic subconscious states is exactly where you want to be. Yeah. uh, Subconscious sponge is like the perfect word. Like everything you do and see on a daily basis, every person you talk to, every building you've been in, every picture you look at, everything is imprinted during that day as you lay your head down and what can manifest in a dream. 
And that last meditation may be the most important because meditation is is for that subconscious cleanse. I mean, if you can get to the state of, uh, I don't know what it's called, but you know, that higher elevated state when you're beyond thought and thoughts can no longer enter your mind. You can see the light in your mind's eye. Um, and hold it there. I would think that's the goal before, before you actually go down to sleep. If, if, if the dreaming and astral thing is, is a top goal for anybody to progress with, uh, it's going to be crucial for my success. It's crazy though, because I, I don't, in some ways I don't understand it a lot. Cause when you first brought it up to me, I literally, I didn't change anything. And you're just like, hey, you know, you've been meditating for like 20 years. You know, you're probably right there. And then I was like, well, I'll just lay down and and uh, have a little bit of intent and see where it takes me. And it was literally like success on like a couple nights. Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, there is the subconscious activity there, but it didn't affect me on the two experiences that I had. Like that didn't affect me. So like you said, there's um, definitely some growth that we're going through. Um, Definitely some things that, you know, we're working through for sure. When, when you notice a thought and you, you notice a hypnotic thought. No, I love the start of that question. Good. That's awesome. What, what, when, when I, when I notice it now, it just seems to go away. Mm -hmm. But I hear other people talk and it seems like they're talking about noticing and then, the thought still maintains. So is there one that's like more progressed than the other? So I feel like I can't just with my awareness, watch the thoughts come in because as soon as I have awareness of the thoughts, it it seems to cease. Yeah, the anything that ceases is a thought that dissipates when it comes on. You have a high awareness. Um, anything that lingers is something that has popped up in your mind's eye. And if, you know, noticing five minutes later that you're in some kind of daydream about that thought, it's, it's stuck with you until you, <clears throat> that awareness is like, oh, I've been gone for five minutes. But if your awareness is so heightened that um, you know, to where something comes in, it seems that like people are super conscious and super aware still have like really, they, you can't have like crazy off the wall negative thoughts, but someone like me or you that practices meditation so often, those are not going to stay in your mind very long at all. Like comes in, whoa, see ya. Like that awareness kicks in. Yeah, that's exactly how I see it. But it, there's a lot of um, 
just listening to some of the process where some people, and it, it seems like, I mean, people that I would consider like more advanced than me talking about quietly, just like watching a thought, like run its course. And it reminds me of like, um, like waking up in the morning. This is a great example of instinct, actually. Like when you wake up in the morning, like it's possible to catch yourself before the instinct and to remain still. It's super hard because there's some kind of instinct there that's like needs to stir the blood or whatever. It's not even thought. And it's you just have to like move and stir the blood. There's some instinct there that you can get ahead of. But if you get ahead of it, then you can start to realize like, oh, I'm super relaxed, but I do. There is something that wants to stir the blood and um, like reposition myself for comfort. But you can get ahead of that whole process and then you can examine like your own understanding of that instinct. But so I'm curious is like, does thought work the same way? Like, is my awareness like not quiet enough or something? Because every time I have the sensation of like awareness of thought, it just seems like it ceases. And then I can sit in that, that state of cessation and, and maybe um, depending on what's going on, maybe I keep getting bombarded by different types of thoughts. I mean, that's a possibility. And so it's just a thought and it's dropped. Just a thought and it's dropped. But a, a lot of times it's just, and, and I don't feel like you're learning anything when that happens. You're just like understanding like, whoa, there's just like a lot of energy fluctuating at that moment. And, oh. But I don't feel like you're learning anything by like what actually is the thought. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, if you look at what's behind the thought, there's a lot of things that are trying to grab your attention. There's a lot of things that are trying to feed off your light. So if you stop and, and think about those for, I mean, you're just giving fuel to the fire at that point. Right. You're, I mean, if something comes up. So, I mean, exper experimentally, I mean... I've dove down rabbit holes before to see, to see where they go. But, um, yeah. Does your awareness itself ever feel like a reaction? You know how you're not supposed to react to thought, but sometimes it just, it seems like there's such a cause and effect mechanism there that it seems so like, let's say you have a bad thought and you're like, well, there's a bad thought, and then the, the bad thought's gone. But it's like just acknowledging the fact that you had the bad thought ceases the thought, but like was sometimes it the awareness itself almost feels reactionary. Like I can't stay quiet enough just to let it run its course and to be like more investigative about it, not to engage with it, not to like ask it questions, but just quietly see what it wants to do. Because sometimes my awareness, it seems it hits so quick that I feel like I'm not even understanding like what. Yeah, but so if, if the thought comes up, it the attention has to be given to it for it to start feeding. 
Yep. So you'd have to fall asleep and be aware of yourself falling asleep. Yeah, boy, doesn't that sound like dream work? Yeah, you'd have to be aware of yourself falling asleep. Your awareness kicks in and, I mean, as it stands right now. I'm noticing that a lot in meditation lately. I, I There's a really nice, peaceful, no thought um, area that's becoming nice and consistent. But it, it just, it's, it's, um, I feel like there's a, a, like investigative piece that I'm missing in terms of. I think that after a certain amount of time that the mind starts to tell you that there's more to do. And yeah. the only thing that would reveal itself is if you just said, I'm not going to meditate for two weeks. And then you'd start to see like, whoa. I'm losing control here. Like my awareness is yeah. I've done that before to where I meditate in the mind literally just like with astral projections. It's been a few months. Your mind starts to tell you it wasn't real. starts to tell you just like yeah. in a podcast, but after perfecting your craft, the mind wants to say, yeah, whatever you're, <laughs> you think you're doing the work and you're not, <laughs> but, um, and then I think it's somewhat of a trap, but the only way to like, I mean, I've done it a zillion times. Like, like I said, in, on the last podcast, if you want to know if meditation is working, stop meditating for two weeks as an experiment. And then at the end of that two right. weeks, see how active your thoughts are and see how less aware you are and see if right. behavior doesn't change in a little bit different way. Your objectivity will go down. Like it might be a 10 now. But it might go down to a seven or a six, and you're like, how did I just go off on that for seven or eight minutes? How did something just steal my energy for seven or eight minutes? It doesn't even make sense. Oh, I haven't meditated in two weeks, so I haven't done that training for my for – my, and we've, we've talked about this too. Like there's a certain point where you, know, you get to a certain state where meditation is – you're always in that meditative state, which you – experience a no thought a lot i mean you're in that meditative state like the first two weeks of the awakening like knowing what you know now if you get back to that state you're probably going to meditate for the fun of it but you certainly don't have to like you're there like it's it's you're embodied in um and at that point it would just be for experimenting or for the love of doing it but you you get the same thing by just like walking around outside or breathing like it's all meditative at at some point which if you meditate a lot you're in the meditative state pretty much all the day you're not reacting to things but we both know like there's a difference between like 3d and like 40 and 5d like there's a substantial difference to a state you can get to uh solar body you know incarnating the christ like that type of thing you know, you leave meditation in the dust. And as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think a lot of it is like the, the contrast between ascending and descending because the work 
descending talking about like dream work where like you start to understand why certain stuff you know like lust and anger or you know envy like why these things create suffering so you get to see like why these things cause suffering and then that illumination that awareness on those cause effects ends up helping you change your behavior you're less likely to do those because now you understand that that's where the suffering comes from that's me manifesting suffering when i give in to my lust and, th- and now you know that now it doesn't mean that it's like solved but at least you have comprehension there but in my normal meditations now and maybe it's just because there's been more of a descending uh, trajectory lately that it's like every time i get a thought i want to understand like how it's how it's got his claws in on me and it's it's really hard to explain but it's like i can't quite be quiet enough because my awareness in my waking day in my waking meditation just seems to obliterate the the thought so there's there's no breadcrumbs to follow there's nothing there to understand but in my dream comprehension it's different i mean you're just bombarded with it your awareness is there and but it's not fully there that's what we always talk about when we're like is it me is it not me so when you're in a descending dream and you're in a in a situation that's uncomfortable and you're being forced to see something that you don't really want to see but your awareness isn't completely there because you can't control the environment so you just you just take it you take it you take it and then you wake up and you're like oh my god right but you didn't have the option to just put your awareness have the whole system disappear it had to run its course and then you realize after you wake up like oh like that's what i'm capable of if i let my anger get away from me or that's what i'm capable of if i let this get away from me and now you have comprehension but it's like trying to apply that same concept to like a waking conscious meditation seems like I, I can't quite get the hang of it. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, how do you descend consciously? Yeah. During meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the things, yeah, if if it were me, I'd be leaning on the, the visuals that you get in a dream and just, just, bringing those i don't know about i know you're writing the dreams down but maybe even before a meditate meditation like work in the mind's eye the memory of like the dream the memory of like the uh anger or lust or whatever it was and then pull that back up in the mind's eye during meditation um to get you know to feel it to just look at it and feel it while, while you're quiet and try to hold it there. Um, 
That's crazy, Luke. I mean, as soon as you say that, I get that sensation of like, how the hell did I not think of that? Like that sensation that like that I, I'm hiding mechanics from myself. Like that sensation is unbelievable. It's, it's you're the only one that does that to me. But it's like, dang, how did I not see that? It seems like it's so simple. But what I was trying to do is just play with the thoughts that were coming up, thinking that they were going to be the ones that. But yeah, that makes total sense to like consciously force it in the direction you want it to go. Constantly, just like we were saying, when you meditate on the anger from the road rage, like you set that up, you try to play it back. Don't add anything or take anything away and figure out like what that system needed to show you. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So like just doing it with the drink. When people first start to meditate, things do just kind of pop up. So like, but at the level that you're at, you know, you're, you're in dream work pretty much. There's nothing for you to sit down and meditate and, and, and hold the thoughts at bay. So consciously bringing those into the mind's eye and paying attention to feelings in the body when they rise up and, uh, that's good. There was a lot of the pain work. Oh my God. I'm getting like chills. That's crazy. Was a lot um, of the pain work in the beginning for me, like things that you're not proud of, you know, things you're trying to work through, being able to see them in the mind's eye and feel like you can feel even like I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> I'm saying let anger rise up and feel it, yeah. but it, it dissolves the same way you would look at a thought, but almost yeah, manufacturing it for, exposure yeah it's 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 so weird because um i i have even done that and that's when i was successful that this work is so crazy to me because like i can't quite understand um like i'll give you an example so that there's that memory mantra like Raum Gaum, Raum Gaum, and that's from Gene Hart in the Gnostics. It's a mantra. So if you can wake up and you can be still, then you go into that mantra. And it's like we always say, like it's not even necessarily about memory, it's about download. So yeah. that's supposed to be a process that helps get where you were in the dream work. I've done that like all year, right? I've done that a lot. And then I'll wake up one morning and I can't remember the mantra. I've done it over and over again. I can't remember. And I used to think, well, maybe I'm just getting old and my memory's going. I'm just getting old and I don't remember stuff the way I used to. But I'm thinking it's malicious. Like it steals tactics and techniques from me because like the mo that morning I wanted it, like I needed it. There was something I knew I needed and I ended up losing it. Like I never even got it. It's like the, the system that you're fighting is literally like actively working against you doing the work the way you're supposed to, which always blows my mind when I catch it. But this is another example where it's like, yeah, it's exactly what you said. And that's exactly how I was doing it. But then I slowly switch 
to something and then the mind gets involved and I get like really tactical with it. Like, why can't I make it work the way I want to? And then you lay out the answer. I'm like, wait, I even had that answer at the beginning. No, it's perfect for the listeners too. Because it's uh, all the things that you would go through on this path, meditation, roadblocks, um, regular guys like me and you. I mean, it's just the, the ins and outs and the surprises and understanding how the, the, the ego mind works, the trickery, the foolery, um, really the mind, in my opinion, and yours is you have a very strong intellectual background. You come from a very strong intellectual construct. So mine is probably a little bit less stronger than yours just because I've meditated for a long time. But uh, but even so, even before meditation, I would say your intellect construct, like mine, I was a seeker like right away, uh, young. So I think your when your mind begins to start trickery, um, I think you could be susceptible to that. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's almost like it, it knows you so well, like, like, like the weak point of the intellectual mind, like you can yeah. lay out like just the most perfect statement, like you're not doing it right. And to you, right. that's like this trigger, like the intellectual mind is like, okay then I need to try something else. I need to do this. I need to do that. And um, I have a little bit of that too. I'm I'm not saying I don't have that, but I think your intellectual background is definitely different for me, but it's a perfect example for all the listeners. I mean, to be able to make mistakes, to be able to grow, to see these happen in real time. I mean, they're awesome learning experiences because people will go through these types of things. Like you meditate for a year and you're like, wow, I can just get to this thoughtless point. I feel great. Like, and then all of a sudden the mind says, well, what else is there? Really? There's nothing else. Like really there's your, your, the simplicity of it is overwhelming, but the mind wants to say it's not simple. Yeah. I hear all the time, like people that far along on their path are always like, the whole secret of life is figuring out how simple it is. And the mind wants to play games all the time and, and make it intellectual when really if, if you're the simplistic way and, and less intellectual and you're really, really a genius because you're applying laws of attraction and you're doing things that have an advantage over everyone, literally everyone. Because you have an advantage and you just kind of let things come to you in the way that you know how the laws of the universe work. And, you know, even maybe even people that know that intellectually. But if you don't have the simplicity of attracting that into your life, then you have an advantage over the masses. And I, you have an advantage for a long time because I don't see that like, changing anytime soon and i've never caught like i like the things that i've done in my life i don't 
necessarily think that I'm the smartest guy in the world, but it doesn't matter. Like if you have sincerity and you have simplicity and you understand like how the universe laws work, that makes you some kind of genius. But I don't even, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm saying like, it's no, I would never even call myself a genius. No, I, it didn't sound that way at all. It just rang true. Oh.